Hey, it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Being More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. That's what we're diving into today on Being More. And look, we all do it. I just did it right now before starting this episode. And I know that as sure as I'm sitting here wishing this was already finished, (laughs) that there's at least one thing in your life that you're procrastinating on doing. Not only are you procrastinating on it, you keep telling yourself that you should do it over and over and over again. It's probably hanging over you like an albatross around your neck. And how does it make you feel? Every time you tell yourself that you should do it or you're going to do it, How do you feel when you don't? Like a failure? Full of guilt or shame? Like you're lazy? Unmotivated? Undisciplined? Unworthy? Procrastination doesn't mean any of those things, though. It's not the result of laziness or lack of self-discipline or anything else you're telling yourself. So today we're diving into more about it, some of the reasons why it happens, what you're doing that's probably making it way worse. And we're going to talk about some things that can help. So you stop falling into that shame spiral and you start feeling better and more motivated. Ready to dive in? So procrastination is the annoying pattern of putting off till tomorrow what you keep telling yourself you should be doing today. It's the avoidance of tasks, even when negative consequences are the result of that avoidance. And as I said, it is not a laziness problem. It's not even a self-discipline or time management problem. It's a presence and connection problem that's hardwired into your conditioning. That's why telling yourself to just do it or constantly shaming yourself for not doing it doesn't work. There is no theory under which continuing to judge yourself for your procrastination is a good idea or even the least bit helpful. It will never help you actually do the thing that you're putting off. And in fact, the harder you try to make yourself do it, or shame yourself for not doing it, the worse the procrastination is likely to get because the emotions involved from all of that judgment and shame are really heavy. They will weigh you down in ways that feel impossible to get out from underneath. So procrastination is a conditioned pattern that's like a form of self-sabotage in which demotivating psychological factors like fear and low self-worth outweigh your ability to get something done. And it is one of the biggest barriers most people face when it comes to changing anything in their lives, especially when it comes to changing their patterns with food and their bodies. As a matter of fact, as we speak, my Foundations for Peace program has been flooded with a ton of new members in the last number of weeks after being included in Tiny uh, Tiny Buddha's New Year's bundle sale. And while hundreds of new people have registered for the program, Only a small handful of those few hundred have actually been completing the content, attending the calls, and reaching out to me for the individual support that's included in the program. And that really sucks because not only do I know how transformative the program is, I also know that rather than getting any benefit from it, they're almost certainly feeling badly about the fact that they should be doing it because they keep telling themselves they should promising themselves that they will, and then judging and berating themselves when they don't. And that breaks my heart. 
in my over 12 years of working in this space, I learned a thing or two about why, despite their best intentions, women struggle with putting off doing things that they know will help them feel better or even create the change they desire. As with everything, recognizing the underlying reasons why we procrastinate is a vital first step to uh, overcoming it, followed by making a plan for what to do about it when it happens. So let's start with the why. There are a ton of different reasons why we procrastinate. They're nuanced and they can um, sort of overlap each other and, you know, they can vary depending on the thing that we're procrastinating on. Generally speaking, though, people who procrastinate chronically tend to have higher levels of anxiety and fear than people who don't. But the thing to remember is that whenever we do something, or in this case, resist doing something, it's happening for a reason, even if it doesn't seem logical or beneficial at the time. So a few of the most common causes, perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of criticism, avoidance, low self-esteem, depression, resisting challenges, decision fatigue, a disconnect with self, lack of energy. Today, we're going to focus on the two biggest reasons that I see in the women that I work with, what presence and connection have to do with them, and what to do about it. By the way, if you want to know how to work with me, visit my website at www.ecet.online. So, okay, the first reason, the first biggest reason is that you are worn out or burnt out. Mental, emotional, and physical exhaustion are super common underlying causes of procrastination. And without presence and connection, we are particularly prone to these. When we're fully present and connected in the moment and in our bodies, we have significantly more ability to meet our own needs as soon as they arise because you're able to be aware of them. So you're far less likely to get to the point that you're worn out or burned out when you're present and connected. And so how much of your day do you spend actually being in your body or in the moment? You likely wake up tired most days, rarely feeling fully rested, rather instead feeling drained and full of dread, probably already criticizing yourself for not getting enough sleep or for what the number on the scale says or what you look like or eating too much the day before, probably worried about how you're going to manage to wrestle enough willpower to be good with food for the day. You drive straight into your day, taking care of everybody else, making sure they're ready for the day and out the door on time, completely running on autopilot with a constant running commentary in your head, fighting with you over your food choices and berating you for almost everything. You spend long hours at work, again, stuck in your head, constantly criticizing yourself for every mistake and feeling disconnected from your own wants and needs. You put all your energy into trying to control and micromanage everything around you, probably including your food intake, until you finally cave and eat something you feel like you shouldn't, only to berate yourself for that too. After work, you go home to do housework, take care of everyone else, mindlessly snack all evening, feeling guilty and ashamed and like a failure. You go to bed later than you feel like you should, feeling exhausted and defeated, only to wake up and repeat the same cycle over and over again. There's no presence 
or connection in any of that. And it is a soul-crushingly exhausting way to go through life. Living in a cycle of never-ending self-doubt, criticism, abuse, and disconnect is exhausting. It weighs you down and it wears you the F out in every conceivable way. When exhaustion or burnout is the cause, you don't have the capacity, mental, emotional, or otherwise, to even do the thing that you're putting off doing. And it's important to recognize the role that exhaustion can play in procrastination and again, take steps to address the exhaustion, the underlying cause. Because if exhaustion is the cause, simply not being so exhausted is a really simple solution, right? It means doing less because by addressing the underlying exhaustion, we can help ourselves overcome procrastination and tackle our tasks with renewed energy and focus. So instead of, if exhaustion is the cause, instead of, you know, continuing to tell yourself all of the things that you should be doing that you're not doing, you have to actually start doing less, way less, taking breaks, taking time off, getting adequate rest and sleep. These things are among the most underrated productivity hacks there are. In fact, often when I have clients struggling with procrastination that's the result of exhaustion, the only thing I have them work on is doing less and getting rest until they naturally start feeling like they want to do the thing that they've been putting off. Similar to the permission to binge element that I talk about a lot, we do the opposite of what we would normally do in this case, and the issue kind of resolves itself. So rather than continuing to try to make ourselves do something that we're too exhausted to do, we stop trying to do anything and just focus on resting and recharging. Think of it like being trapped under a huge rock. When you lift that rock off your chest, you suddenly feel better and are excited to get up and do stuff. The second reason, that, the second biggest reason rather, that I see in the women I work with is, is fear. You're scared, you're scared, right? Fear is really powerful. It is paralyzing, in fact, often. And it's one of the most common causes of procrastination that's actually at the core of most of the other reasons that I listed earlier. And I'll explain how in a minute. As with exhaustion, fear is really related to lacking presence and connection. Fear is, according to the uh, dictionary, caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. So if there's no immediate danger that you're aware of, then you're stuck in anticipation of danger. And if you're anticipating danger, you are by definition not present because anticipation is an expectation of something happening at a later date. So that means if you're not in immediate danger, your fear is a liar. And if you're stuck in your head worried about what might or might not happen at some point in the future, you are by definition not present in the moment or your body. And that's a problem because when we feel afraid of failure, rejection, or the unknown, it's not only normal and natural to want to avoid the task or the situation that triggers that fear, it's usually happening subconsciously, so we're not even aware of why we're holding ourselves back. So uh, making us 
avoid the scary thing, the, da the potentially dangerous thing when we're scared, right? Avoiding the scary thing when we're scared is literally our brain's job. Finding things to be scared of and then finding ways to make us avoid it is what our brains do. It's an act of survival. It helps us feel safe. And do not underestimate your need to feel safe. It's one of the core needs that we have as humans. It's been hardwired literally into our DNA since the beginning of our species. And so in this case, procrastination is a coping mechanism that helps the survival center feel safe again. And when fear is present or has been triggered, uh, your brain will muster up whatever thoughts, justifications, and excuses it can to keep you where you are, where you feel safe. Even if it's not necessarily helping you feel good or be happier in your life, your brain doesn't care. All it cares about is keeping you alive. So let's look at a couple examples of this. Uh, you know that getting outside for a walk in the morning, for example, maybe helps you feel better. And you keep telling yourself that you're going to go tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, right? Morning comes, your alarm goes off. Do you instantly jump out and go? Probably not. You, as soon as you remember that you were going to, you've probably already rolled over and tried to fall back to sleep. But also your brain starts pumping out thoughts like, but oh, it's so early and we got to, you know, get dressed and it's so cold out and it's rainy. This is so comfortable. Let's just lay here for another minute first. Why does it do that? Well, because when you're laying in bed, warm and comfy, you're safe. It doesn't care that the, your brain doesn't care that the walk is probably going to make you feel better. It just knows that right now you're safe. And that getting out of bed and going outside, that is way riskier. In fact, it could kill you. Your brain knows that you're safe right now. It doesn't know that you'll be safe if you go outside for a walk, so it talks you out of it. What about procrastinating on things like healthy eating or even programs like foundations that I spoke of earlier? Well, healthy eating, most of us have an idea of what it means to eat healthy. And that idea includes not allowing ourselves to eat the, quote, bad foods. This triggers fear again because food is essential for survival. So restricting food threatens that. When we restrict access to food or certain foods, our brains start pumping out cravings and obsessive thoughts about the foods we're trying to restrict. So if you keep procrastinating on starting over, that's at least one of the reasons why. Things like the foundations course or any program like that can also trigger fear for a ton of reasons. Um, fear of failure or even fear of success being just a couple of them. Low self-confidence and low self-worth can be significant triggers for fear as well because when we don't believe in ourselves or our abilities, we may doubt our capacity to succeed. We fear failure or we fear being judged by others. This can lead us to putting off the things that we think we should be doing as a way of avoiding the discomfort, potential discomfort or perceived risk of failure, or even as a means of avoiding success if we feel like we don't deserve it. So the fear of failure, um, we, or we, rather we can't fear failure um, if we don't try, right? Because we can't fail if we don't try. Um, the fear of success, 
you know, oddly enough, this is on the other end of the spectrum, because when we don't have a solid sense of our own worthiness, we may not believe that we deserve success or the rewards that can come from the result of our efforts. And we don't get what we deserve in life. We get what we believe we deserve. We create the life that we believe we deserve. So if we don't believe we deserve anything better, fear of success is going to keep us stuck in procrastination. To overcome fear-based procrastination caused by this, by low self-confidence, low self-worth, it's really important to prioritize, again, connection and presence, but also self-compassion. And this might include um, doing things that can help boost our feelings of self-esteem and self-worth. It um, includes giving ourselves lots of positive feedback, seeking support from others, getting positive feedback from others, practicing um, self-care and, and a uh, loving self-talk that emphasizes our strengths and our capabilities. It also means recognizing when our inner dialogue is working overtime to try to convince us of all of the ways that we suck. It can also be super helpful to break tasks into smaller, more manageable steps to build confidence and a sense of accomplishment over time. Celebrating even the seemingly tiniest of wins along the way can further reinforce positive self-image and motivate us to continue taking action. So ultimately, building self-confidence and self-worth is an ongoing process that requires consistent effort and practice. But with time, dedication, practice, we can learn to recognize and challenge that negative self-talk and cultivate self-compassion and a stronger sense of self and sense of confidence in our abilities. Um, avoidance is also related to fear-based procrastination. When we feel overwhelmed or uncertain about something that we're, you know, we keep putting off or expect the thing to be unpleasant or even scary, you're really prone to avoid it altogether or engage in other distracting behaviors. This can create a cycle of delay and anxiety as we become more and more stressed about the tasks that we're avoiding. So to overcome procrastination caused by avoidance, again, important to recognize and address the underlying reasons for the avoidant behavior. So it might involve breaking down um, the task into smaller, more manageable steps again too, right? Setting realistic expectations of ourselves and seeking support from others. Another helpful strategy is to identify and address any underlying emotional barriers that might be contributing to our avoidance, like fear that I just spoke of. So learning to understand and manage difficult emotions in general, as well as fear, can also be helpful for this one. To overcome any kind of fear-induced procrastination. Again, under, uh, you have to un identify the underlying fear and address it directly. And again, presence and connection are key here. Overcoming fear-based procrastination um, requires each of those things so that you can identify the underlying fears that are causing you to avoid the task and then engage in a combination of self-reflection, self-compassion, and tiny actions, journaling, talking with a friend, a mentor, a coach, or a therapist to explore and learn to manage our emotions and fears are really, really helpful. 
helping clients understand and manage fear and other difficult emotions is one of the things that I probably spend the most time doing in my work because fear is such an enormous hindrance on our lives in so many different ways. Once we've identified our fears, it's really important to challenge them to shift the beliefs that cause them and to reframe any negative self-talk that's contributing to it all. So this might involve acknowledging the risks and potential challenges of taking action, but also focusing on the potential benefits and positive outcomes. Again, practicing self-compassion, recognizing that it's normal and it's okay to feel afraid, that we don't need to be perfect to love and accept ourselves or to be worthy of the love and acceptance of others. Perfectionism is no path to peace or happiness. So taking action is also a key component of overcoming fear-based procrastination because in the wise words of Dale Carnegie, inaction breeds doubt and fear, action breeds confidence and courage. So inaction makes fear worse by reinforcing our negative beliefs and creating a cycle of avoidance and anxiety. When we put off a thing out of fear, we may feel temporary relief from the discomfort and the uncertainty of taking action, but this relief is usually really short-lived and can quickly give way to, again, shame, guilt, self-doubt, all of those things. So as we continue to avoid the task or the goal, our fear and anxiety can intensify, leading to this negative feedback loop of just inaction and distress and suffering. And it further reinforces our negative beliefs and perceptions of ourselves, again, making it even harder to take action and break the cycle of procrastination. So inaction, um, you know, really has pretty negative, a negative impact in terms of creating more and more fear. And also it can create missed opportunities and regrets leading to feelings of disappointment and self-blame to more feelings of disappointment and self-blame. When we don't take action, we miss out on the potential rewards and benefits that come with doing the thing we've been putting off. Like the benefits, including, you know, things like a sense of accomplishment, personal growth, or in the case of foundation members, putting off participating in their program, they missed out on experiencing the improved well-being that it offers, peace that it offers, right? So. Just because action breeds confidence and confidence rather and courage, though, doesn't mean that by action, I mean doing all of the actions at once. It's not about trying to force yourself to dive in head first and do everything at once. And in fact, that's almost certainly a recipe for overwhelm and ultimately quitting. It's about recognizing that there are challenges and struggles in life in general, but also especially so when you're trying to move past fear. And so it's about really just being gentle with yourself through that, being kind, compassionate, reminding yourself that you're doing your best and that's enough. So even the tiniest of actions are moving in the right direction. And when you're dealing with large amounts of fear, the tiniest of actions are in fact, usually the most helpful. Starting with super small, manageable steps can help build momentum and confidence and greatly reduce the power of our fears. And 
So maybe you're procrastinating for both exhaustion and fear. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that's the case because when presence and connection are lacking in one area of our life and causing one issue, like exhaustion for the answer, for example, it, they don't just have an effect in that one area, it impacts all areas of our life. If you're not present and connected enough to care for yourself before you get to the point of being completely exhausted, you're also likely to be not present and connected enough to recognize when you're stuck in fear or mindlessly eating in ways that are making you feel like crap or freaking out, for example, because you know maybe your belief that you're not lovable was just triggered by your spouse and so you lash out as a result. So let's say that's why you're procrastinating. Let's say that you're exhausted and also paralyzed by fear. Again, baby steps for dealing with that would first be to recognize what's happening and acknowledging what's happening, right? So, you know, remind yourself, I don't have the capacity to literally do anything else right now. I am completely tapped out. If I want to feel better and get more done, I have to stop trying to do everything and I have to prioritize rest and stillness. In fact, I probably have to stop and do as little as humanly possible until I feel ready to take on more again, right? So if you're exhausted and paralyzed by fear, just acknowledging that to yourself is a baby step, a baby first step to start. Because you have to start where you are and you have to deal with the most pressing issue. Exhaustion will always be the most pressing issue because you really can't do anything else, let alone move through fear when you're exhausted. Moving through fear takes a lot of energy, so you need the mental and emotional energy necessary to do so before you can even start thinking about tackling that one. Another helpful strategy is to focus on the potential benefits and positive outcomes of taking action instead of just focusing on the risks and potential failures. This can also help shift away from avoidance and fear and more towards possibility and growth. So consider, first, what's the cost of continuing to procrastinate on the thing you keep putting off? How is it making you feel to do it? Where will you be in six months, one year, five years if you don't take action? Now, compare that to how you'll feel when you do take even the tiniest of actions, what are the benefits of doing that? Where will you be a year from now? If you just stopped right now and gave yourself time to rest, to recover, to re-energize, to recharge, to feel reinvigorated and motivated, and then you took time to practice working on presence and connection and moving through fear, and procrastination. Where will you be six months from now? Where will you be a year from now? Focus on the potential benefits. Because ultimately, facing our fears and taking action despite them is a powerful way to build confidence, resilience, and feel more empowered in our lives. And in fact, it's probably about the only way to do those things. With help and practice, we can learn to recognize when fear is causing us 
to procrastinate, and we can develop strategies to overcome it. Again, seeking support from others, whether it's a coach, mentor, or whatever, to help stay focused on momentum rather than fear is also really helpful in this case. Sometimes just having somebody outside yourself remind you that wherever you are right now is okay and that procrastination isn't a moral failing is so unbelievably helpful and soothing and powerful. And this is why even though my foundations program that I spoke of earlier is technically a self-study program, I've added several avenues for getting an additional individual help and support from me as well into the program because I know the value that it adds in just having that, that extra support. Ultimately, overcoming fear-based procrastination requires the courage and willingness to step outside of our comfort zones, at least even a little bit in the tiniest of ways, day by day, take calculated risks, and then trust, none of which are even a little bit easy when fear is present. So with the help, uh, support, practice, and you know, patience and persistence, um, it can get way easier though, you know, the more you do it, of course, like with everything. As you've hopefully noticed, there's a glaring lack of presence and connection underlying all of the reasons that I've outlined so far. The less present and connected we are, the more we're prone to exhaustion and overwhelm because we're not able to hear or understand our own needs, never mind meet them. And the less present and connected we are, the more likely it is that we are either stuck in fear or at risk of being stuck in fear really easily. Fear is, according to the dictionary, anticipation or awareness of danger. If there's no immediate danger that you're aware of, then you are stuck in anticipation of danger. If you're anticipating it, you are by definition not present because anticipation is an expectation of something happening at a later date. That means if you're not in immediate danger, your fear is a liar because it's keeping you stuck in dread and worry about what might happen, but probably won't. And on top of that, there's no presence or connection when fear is running the show. Fear disconnects us from the present moment, from ourselves, from our bodies, and from the decision-making part of our brain. The lack of presence and connection can have significant negative impacts on our mental health and well-being, leading to more fear, more exhaustion, overwhelm, avoidance, and procrastination. And so it's just one big cycle. And when we feel disconnected from ourselves and others, we can become isolated and lonely, which can trigger more fear and anxiety. Similarly, when we feel overwhelmed by our tasks and our responsibilities, the lack of connection and support from others and from ourselves can exacerbate those feelings, leading to exhaustion and burnout. So it makes it difficult to take action and leads to avoidance and procrastination. So in essence, when we lack a sense of connection and presence, we feel disconnected from our own lives, from ourselves, from others. We feel less motivated and have less direction. So in this case, it's crucial to nurture relationships and foster connections with ourselves, with our bodies, and with others 
mitigate those negative impacts on our mental health and well-being. Presence and connection are powerful tools to overcome fear. Being grounded in not only your body, but the present moment. The curious, non-judgmental attitude helps us become more aware of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, and needs. Being fully present in our bodies allows us to use our bodies as a source of information and guidance. When we experience fear, our minds and our bodies are disconnected, though. They go into a state of stress, and we get trapped in that cycle of negative thoughts and feelings. Presence and connection helps us to break that cycle by bringing us back to the truth and the safety that's available in this moment and in the refuge that is our bodies, allowing us to become more aware of our physical emotions and states and physical sensations. By practicing presence and connection, we can begin to see our fears with a sense of curiosity and non-judgment, allowing us to um, you know, see them clearly and objectively. And this can help us um, to recognize you know, that fear is it's just a natural response to certain situations and triggers, and that we actually have the capacity to manage and move through it. And again, we can use our bodies as a source of strength and support when we're present and connected by focusing on our breath, on engaging in grounding techniques, um, you know, all of which can help us feel more centered and less overwhelmed. And over time, these practices can help build resilience and develop a more balanced relationship with fear allowing us to approach challenges with greater calm and confidence. So the bottom line is, you know, we want to feel good about ourselves, about our capabilities, our decisions, and in our bodies. When we procrastinate, we rob ourselves of those things by doing things that we, or but rather by avoiding doing things that we know will help us feel better. And then judging and shaming the fact that we're procrastinating and not addressing the underlying fear or other issues that are causing the procrastination in the first place. You know, we think, why can't I just do this simple thing? And we know that we'd feel so much better if we did. And while that question is a valid one, it contains judgment and derision when it's not coming from a connected, present place of just general curiosity and exploration. And the judgment and derision makes us question our goodness, our abilities, ourselves. And it's super unfair because the reasons we get stuck in these patterns are deep. They're deeply ingrained patterns of thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that are not simply fixed by willing ourselves to do the thing. You know, and, and this is why tips and tricks alone typically fail us. While most recommendations for procrastination involve things like, you know, making lists, downloading apps, setting timers or whatever, you know, they may have some benefit. They're not typically a whole lot of help because they don't ever really address the underlying issues. After all, if simply making a to-do list or continuing to remind yourself that you should do the thing could solve the problem of procrastination, 
you wouldn't still be procrastinating. Rather, you need to focus on addressing the underlying thoughts, beliefs, feelings, all of those things occurring beneath the surface that both cause procrastination but are also created by it. So some of the things that you're doing that are making it worse, you know, I've already kind of talked about that a little bit. I know that when I used to judge and berate myself for my own procrastination, trying to force myself to do the things that I was procrastinating on or ragging on myself endlessly about how much I really should be doing them, it, it made it so much worse. It made me miserable and it made the procrastination so much worse because it's really hard, virtually impossible to move your way through procrastination when you're ignoring the underlying causes and just trying to force yourself into action and being basically mentally abusive to yourself over the fact that you're procrastinating. How is that supposed to help with exhaustion, fear, or low self-worth? You know, the underlying causes I talked about earlier. It doesn't. It just makes them all worse. It makes life so much harder and frankly miserable, not to mention how demotivating it is. So it wasn't, again, until I started identifying the causes and started collecting skills to help, skills like presence and connection, that my procrastination improved and I got unstuck. unstuck. Overcoming procrastination can have a profound impact on our personal and even professional lives. When we're able to move past the barriers of fear and avoidance, we can unlock our true selves, feel empowered, more connected, at peace, and experience a greater sense of satisfaction and well-being in our lives. And building presence and connection has profoundly positive effects on all of these areas of our lives and more. They help us build stronger relationships and a more positive self-image, improving our self-worth and confidence, not to mention how much better we're likely to feel because we're better able to also start meeting our own needs. The beautiful thing about practicing uh, these things is that the more present and connected you are in the moment and in your body, the less you're even likely to procrastinate in the first place because there's significantly less chance of being stuck in fear and so many of the other causes of procrastination. But even if you do end up still procrastinating, curiosity and intention can help shift it. Let's look at a real life example of how to implement this by going back to the example that I gave earlier about procrastination, procrastinating on the foundations program. So imagine you're currently in there, knowing that you need to learn new skills and practices to help you heal your relationship with food and your body. You have access to some powerful tools through this foundations course, but you keep dragging your feet on doing it, finding endless excuses, promising you're going to do it later or whatever. Maybe you even are one of those people, and that is literally your current situation right now. Okay, cool. Rather than continuing to remind yourself of how miserable you are in your body, with the way you're eating, and how much you should be watching the videos or practicing the elements, and then feeling bad about yourself when you don't, instead you're going to stop all of that and breathe. You don't have to do any of it, ever. You don't want to, you don't have to. You don't have to do any of it. Just stop here and breathe. Bring your attention back to this moment and down into your body. Focus on your breath. Long, slow, deep breaths. 
Remind yourself, you don't have to do a damn thing that you don't want to do. Breathe deep and receive that. You don't have to do it. Whatever you do or don't do today is enough. You are enough exactly as you are right now. You are safe, loved, lovable, and worthy of your own acceptance. No matter what you do or don't do today, breathe deep, receive those words, and keep your focus here in your body. Now, keeping the focus there, ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Again, with just gentle curiosity, begin exploring your body, starting at the top of your head. How do I feel right now? What is the experience of being me like in this moment? What are you noticing? Any sensations or emotions? What are they trying to tell you? Again, ask, what do you need right now? What is the kindest, most loving choice that you can make for yourself right now? And how can you give yourself that? That's it. That's all it takes. Presence, connection, curiosity, and intention. If I were a betting woman, I'd bet that you need to feel safe. You need to feel accepted and you need rest. The last thing that you need is to keep listening to yourself, rag on yourself for not doing the thing that's supposed to help you feel better and stop ragging on yourself so much. Also, don't panic if you struggled with that little exercise we just did. I, I scooted through it super, super fast, and it's really normal to not notice much going on from the neck down in the beginning. It usually takes a fair amount of practice to rebuild connection and presence. And it's way easier to do when you have somebody guiding you live. And like I said, I just scooted through that in, in you know, really super fast. So key takeaways, you know, again, anytime we're procrastinating, it's happening for a reason. And most of the reasons are usually at their core, just rooted in an issue with, in issues with presence and connection. When you practice being present and connected, curious and intentional, everything in your life has a chance to shift, including procrastination and other self-sabotaging behaviors like those that we get stuck in with food. And at first, listen, I get it. It feels daunting and overwhelming and even probably hopeless at the thought of ever being able to change. And I will never tell you that it's at all easy, but it's possible with help, especially with help and support. It's possible on your own, but so much easier with help and support. And it is so, so, so very worth it. So if you want to learn more about the foundations program that I spoke of earlier, visit my website at www.ecet.online. If you're already a foundations member and have been struggling with procrastination, reach out to me so that I can help. If you're not a member, I have free resources available on my website. And if you have any questions, need my help, are struggling with this on your own, or if you want to work with me, again, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is info at ecet.online. I'm always here to help and I would absolutely love to hear from you. Until next time, be good to you.
been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, visit www.ecet.online.